0: Moxtra provides businesses with their own client interaction app for today's digital age. Your app will be a one-stop hub, keeping your clients in continuous connection with your business from anywhere. Manage your team to effectively respond to clients all from within your app. Get your one-stop app at Moxtra.com.
1: Meatpacking plants have become hotspots for the coronavirus, and now the industry is in crisis.
0: It's forced a lot of the plants to reduce production, and it's also led to the closure of a number of plants.
1: What the White House plans to do about it. Plus, U.S. manufacturers assess the toll the pandemic is taking on their businesses.
2: Many of these companies like Harley-Davidson, Caterpillar, 3M, and PPG are saying the second quarter is going to be even worse than the first quarter.
1: It's Tuesday, April 23rd. I'm Anne-Marie Fertoli for The Wall Street Journal. Here's what's news. The head of the World Health Organization is warning that we could be undercounting the number of coronavirus infections and deaths in some areas because of limited testing capacity. The warning comes as more countries and U.S. states are starting to reopen their economies. The number of confirmed cases in the U.S. surpassed one million today. The House of Representatives won't be returning to Capitol Hill on May 4th, as previously expected. Majority Leader Steny Hoyer cited health risks to lawmakers and staff after consulting with the attending physician for Congress. As of now, the Senate is still planning on returning next week, according to a spokesman for Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. We report exclusively that Boeing is under criminal and civil scrutiny for quality control issues with its 737 MAX assembly line. Boeing says in about half of the 737 MAX aircraft it inspected since November, the company found debris in fuel tanks and other areas left behind by workers. According to people who spoke with the Wall Street Journal, that's raising red flags for prosecutors and investigators who are looking into Boeing's compliance with mandatory production rules and safeguards. Boeing's fleet of 737 MAX jets has been grounded for more than a year after two fatal crashes less than five months apart. Corporate earnings season is in full swing and companies are using their first quarter reports to tell shareholders how they think the pandemic is going to affect their business long term. The manufacturing sector has suffered from closed factories and broken supply chains. Wall Street Journal manufacturing reporter Austin Hufford says companies are starting to add up the damage.
2: I was most surprised by how many of these executives said that this has been pretty unlike other past recessions. It's been more severe more chaotic was one of the words one of the executives used. And so it makes it really hard for them to plan. And so many of these companies like Harley-Davidson, Caterpillar, 3M, and PPG are saying the second quarter is going to be even worse than the first quarter.
1: Some companies are saying those temporary factory closings could become permanent.
2: The concern is that if the factory permanently closes it becomes an economic drag that won't recover if the virus goes away. So it's not like we're going to see it bounce. You know, if, if 50 people get permanently laid off and have to find other jobs, it's not always easy to, to quickly uh, get back the, the economic potential they
1: had. Wall Street Journal manufacturing reporter Austin Hufford. A payroll and HR company needs to be prepared for whatever is going to happen. You could say that over 70 years of experience helping businesses all over the world run smoothly is good preparation. But for ADP, that's not enough. To make sure millions of people are getting paid on time and in compliance, we're staying on top of each new piece of legislation. So when it comes down to it, ADP isn't just a payroll and HR company. We're the company that helps you navigate the complexities. ADP, HR talent, time, benefits, and payroll. Informed by data and designed for people. In recent weeks, the coronavirus pandemic has wreaked havoc on the nation's food supply chains. The working conditions in meatpacking plants have led to the spread of the disease among employees, forcing closures. Industry officials estimate about one-quarter of the U.S. pork processing industry is shut down this week and 10 percent for beef. Union reps say at least 20 meat and food processing workers have died due to COVID-19 and that the shutdowns were necessary to save lives. Today, President Trump is expected to mandate through executive order that the nation's meat processing plants remain open, invoking the Defense Production Act. It allows the president to control the production and distribution of critical products and supplies. Joining me now to bring us up to speed is our agriculture reporter, Jacob Bungie. So, Jacob, there have been some challenges in the farm sector supply chain. You've written about a few of them. Let's start with the pork industry, which is now facing disruptions due to the pandemic. Can you explain what's going on there?
0: Well, it all starts with the meat plants and the spread of COVID-19 through the workforces of these plants, which oftentimes are working in really close quarters, sometimes shoulder to shoulder on processing lines. It's been a number of people getting sick at these plants. Some of the the biggest density of COVID-19 cases can be found in meat processing plants like Smithfield's pork plant in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, for example. And as workers get sick, as there's more exposure and more positive cases with the workforce as of these plants, of course, people are having to stay home that are sick other workers get frightened and are not coming into work. It's forced a lot of the plants to reduce production, and it's also led to the closure of a number of plants. And when you can't operate these plants, the farmers that send hogs to them every single day to be slaughtered have to figure out what to do with those pigs on their farms. A lot of times these pigs are at full size, and are ready to be slaughtered, but as there's no place to send them, the farmers have to figure out what to do on their farms to prevent overcrowding. And so they're looking right now at the prospect of having to euthanize thousands of these pigs just because they have nowhere to send them.
1: So when we talk about consumers and the meat supply generally, should we be worried about shortages and and prices going up for meat?
0: Walmart and Costco are trying to stay ahead of this, but generally speaking, the supermarket chains are already planning on shortages. Some of them already are being shorted on what they're ordering from their suppliers. In a lot of cases, what consumers are going to see in their own stores, in the meat sections, will be a change in the sort of products that are there. You might see less of the meat that requires more processing work which is to say things like boneless products for example or products that are marinated or in some way have some additional processing done to them or additional seasoning they're focusing on the plants where they can operate they're focusing on the products that they can really turnout at a high volume with the least amount of staff necessary. But there are going to be cases where there's just products not available, There's already, that's already being seen in some stores around the country right now.
1: We've been hearing about supply chain challenges in the food industry for several weeks. Can you explain why it's so difficult to fix these problems more quickly?
0: Well, the U.S. meat industry is built on efficiency, and there's two channels primarily that they sell food into. On the one hand, you have the restaurants and the hotel chains and the big uh, food service operations like stadiums, for example. And the meat companies will sell bulk meat, To these sorts of customers, a lot of times it'll be packaged in giant boxes or crates. It'll be packaged with a whole bunch of bacon strips, for example. And it's not the, the same as taking the bacon strips and placing them into a lot of smaller sized packages for grocery stores, for example. The production is set up to maximize efficiency, like I said, and so they'll have entire plants that are devoted to grocery store products, for example, or, or to restaurant products. They are trying to do some adjustment where, for example, in the chicken industry and in some of the plants that are geared towards supplying restaurants, they're processing the chickens to a certain extent and then they can ship the carcasses or the pieces to the plants that do the packaging for the retail stores and they can do a a bit of adjustments to fulfill orders from the supermarkets that way but in other cases the the packaging will be totally different the product specifications will be totally different there's other things like food safety standards that apply differently to these different sorts of products. And so they're trying to work their way through all of that right now, but it's not as simple as just taking some bacon from a bulk package and plopping it into a a clear plastic bag to be sold in a grocery store.
1: Are there any other ways that farmers are trying to adapt at this time for their own livelihoods?
0: Well, what you're seeing in some of these places that have really seen a drop-off in business because of the restaurants closing is people trying to get creative and sell, in some cases, directly to the consumers or or close to that. And what I mean is some chicken companies that have a a good deal of their business tied up supplying things like wings and uh, chicken tenders and so on to restaurants, with that business being effectively stopped now in a lot of places, what you're seeing is these plants processing their chickens and then boxing them up in a plain sort of box and offering to sell this to people directly in the parking lot of the plants or parking lots of churches. You're seeing a lot of this in the southern states where there are a lot of chicken production Facilities And people are coming from all around to buy these. Uh, they've had traffic jams in some cases. Wayne Farms reported people driving from 100 miles away to come to their plant parking lot and buy bulk chicken in boxes in this way. There's been a lot of people out of jobs. There are people lining up at food banks. This is another way to supply a low-cost meal to people. And so you're seeing some of that, some of these hog producers that are not able to send their hogs to the big processing plants like Smithfield, for example, or JBS, another big meat processor that's had to close plants. What they're doing instead where they can is selling pigs to local butcher shops where they can be processed in a a more local way and sold to people like that. But the scale of... Stuff that, that can be done in that way is just nowhere near the the level of processing that typically goes on at the, the really major meatpacking plants. And, and so it's only helping so much.
1: Wall Street Journal agriculture reporter Jacob Bungie, thank you so much for joining me.
0: Yeah, no problem. Thank you.
1: And finally, if you've watched Trolls World Tour with your kids this month, you're not alone. In just three weeks, the digital release has been rented by nearly 5 million people in the U.S. and Canada. That's generated nearly $100 million in just three weeks. That's more than the original movie Trolls racked up during its five-month run in movie theaters in 2016. And for the studio, it actually means more profit. They get to keep 80% of the revenue from downloads, as opposed to just half of box office sales. And that's what's news for this Tuesday afternoon. We'll be back tomorrow morning. If you like our show, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Anne-Marie Fertoli for The Wall Street Journal. Thanks for listening.